coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. So here's the deal. The midbrain, if stimulated by threat a lot, then the brain gets stuck and it stimulates the hypothalamus that stimulates the adrenals to secrete can the three hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine. And we want to learn and we can learn how to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system and turn on our dose, which is dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin. Welcome to the show from the, the MD, MD and Chef, Chef team. team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. <laughs> yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We, we like, like to have fun, fun too. <laughs> so let's, let's get, get on, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MD and Chef Team Show. And today I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Isabel, your Dr. Isabel, doctor on a mission. And today she's going to be bringing you part two of the ACE series, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Now, if you didn't hear part one last week, I highly suggest you go back and listen to that one first. Now, this will be valuable too. But it's kind of good to do them in order. But hey, you can listen to this one and go backwards and then come back here again, however you want to do it. This is a deeper level. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of ACE 101. And now we're into ACE 201. 201, (laughs) Part two. University style. (laughs) So my dear, away you go. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's me, your Dr. Isabel. Thank you so much for your time today. And today we're going to go ahead and talk about how adverse childhood experiences affect our brain health, part two. Just to recap, part one, very superficially, adverse childhood experiences are the rough experiences we've had as a childhood and how if we don't learn how to take good care of them and how to get unstuck from our past, our difficult past, it will affect our future especially increase our health risks, such as our tendency to be smoking, alcoholism, drug use, obesity, type 2 diabetes, depression, increases our risk of suicide attempts, heart disease, cancer, stroke, broken bones, and lung disease, just to mention a few. Now, in today, I'm going to talk about adverse childhood experiences and your limbic system. And your limbic system is in the midbrain, which is in the back of your head, the lower part. It's like if you touch your hand on the neck, on your neck, and you go up to that ridge right there. So the limbic system is right in there, right inside your midbrain. And the important thing about the midbrain is that it remembers trauma with emotion, or another way is memory with emotion of the past. Now, 
the midbrain is connected to the. <laughs> You're gonna sing it. Now huh? we're gonna do an, an anatomy class. connected to. Yeah, the, yeah the, actually, the, no. the bones connected <laughs> to the end bone. <laughs> the midbrain's connected to through the vagus nerve to the autonomic nervous system, which is the mama of your body of your nervous system. Now. The autonomic nervous system is broken into the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. So I'm just going to backtrack a little bit because we got a little funny there at the beginning. And they're probably <laughs> laughing and not listening. So the midbrain is connected through the vagus nerve, which is the largest nerve in your body. And it is connected to the autonomic nervous system. And the autonomic nervous system is automatic. It is the nervous system that does things without you even knowing about it. Like, for instance, it makes your heart go boom, boom, boom. And it helps you breathe without you even thinking about it. And it helps blood flow all throughout your body. Does that blow your mind? I'm just blown away at the way our body is created. And I always like to address the autonomic nervous system as the mama duck. And the little ducks will do whatever mama duck tells them to do. Now, the mama duck has two areas. She can stress them out or she can calm them down. And the first way is stressing them out. And that's letting the little ducks go. No, there is a threat coming. Freak out because the lion is coming to eat you up. You better start running and swimming as fast as you can. So the sympath that's called your sympathetic nervous system. And your sympathetic nervous system is also called the fight or flight. Now, this nervous system secretes three hormones that helps you deal with the threat. One is cortisol, two is adrenaline, and the third is norepinephrine. An easy way to remember it is CAN. C-A-N. You want to kick the can. C-A-N. Cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine. I learned kick the can from Annie Hopper's retraining your brain. <laughs> so that really stuck. So that's why I use that. If the sympathetic nervous system is constantly on, I am telling you, it will lead your limbic system to impairment and bring about depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, chemical sensitivities, and cognitive impairment of the Alzheimer's type because cortisol in particular shrinks the hippocampus, which is part of the midbrain, and it's involved with memory. Now, Dr. Caroline Leaf has shown us that being in a chronic state of the sympathetic nervous system being on all the time triggers greater than 1,400 physical and chemical responses, and it activates more than 30 hormones and neurotransmitters, which are detrimental to your health if they're on all the time. So the bottom line is you don't want to be in this highway of being stressed out by the sympathetic nervous system. However, mama duck will let the ducklings know you're in stress mode. Right. There is a purpose for it. Right. But the purpose is fight or flight for something happening. Yeah. But not to be in fight or flight 24-7 every day of your life. Right. You know, temporarily, yes, it's needed. Yes, we need to understand, hey, you know, dangerous or 
you know, get away from this type thing mm -hmm. and activate that. But for that to be activated all the time, oh, there's some trouble. And a story that I learned from my experience is I had mentioned it in part one is daddy had a gun, a rifle. And when I, when we were all, when I was nine, he let the whole family know that the rifle was in the closet upstairs in their bedroom and it wasn't locked. And daddy was an angry person, you know, daddy was an alcoholic and that's how he dealt with his trauma and his pain is by drinking. However, that's when anxiety hit me. Like, wow, dad's got a rifle in the house and it's not, I mean, he could use it on us because I had heard that in the past, but I won't go into details on that. But the point is, that's where I learned fear. That's where my limbic system learned fear. And I'm sharing this with you because you might have a situation in your past that keeps playing over and over and over again in your brain. So fast forward. I'm in my late 50s and I'm experiencing anxiety. And I had did all this work with Annie Hopper through the uh, dynamic neural retraining system. And it helped me realize that I was playing this story whenever I would feel fear, even the silliest of fear, like somebody honking at me, it would bring on fear. Immediately, I thought I was going to get killed. And that's why I lived my life in fear. And that's why. And anger. And anger. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, wow, you know, help me somebody. And so learning that I was in a constant state of being in the sympathetic nervous system with cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine spurting throughout my body, I had to learn how I needed to retrain my brain that I'm, I'm safe. I'm loved. Daddy's not going to kill me, you know? And so. The autonomic nervous system, the mama duck, also has the other side, which is the no threat area. And that's where you stay calm and happy. And it's um, medically, it's called the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's where growth and repair of the neurochemistry in your brain occurs so that the adrenaline, the cortisol, and the norepinephrine are quieted down. And your body is told you're safe. There is no lion coming after you. There's nobody pointing a rifle at you. And so this area secretes four hormones in the limbic system called dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin. And to learn it easily, it's called your daily dose, D-O-S-E. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin. So the cool thing is, is that you can learn how to switch highways from the sympathetic nervous system, which is the freak out highway, to the kickback mellow highway, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. And I'd like to share with you just to recap the limbic system and then also share with you how you can increase your dose how you can increase your dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphin, because you know what? It can be done, but you've got to be aware of it. And that's why I'm sharing that with you. Okay. Is that okay with you, babe? Beautiful. Okay. Sounds great. I'm loving this. How would you like to feel a sense of clarity, focus, and mental sharpness that enables you to tackle any challenge with ease? Can you envision experiencing a better memory and recall, allowing you to easily remember important details, names, and events? What could you accomplish if your mental energy is always high 
allowing you to stay alert and productive throughout the day without feeling mentally fatigued or foggy. How great would it feel when you experience better quality sleep, allowing your brain to rest and recharge, leading to increased productivity and creativity? Imagine feeling a sense of calmness and control, allowing you to manage stress and anxiety with ease, giving you the confidence to handle any situation. Be honest with yourself. When was the last time you experienced an overall sense of well-being and satisfaction? You see, your brain health positively impacts all areas of your life, from work to relationships and personal growth. Just visualize how amazing it would feel to have optimal brain health and unlock your full potential. If you want to learn more, and I know you do, then check out the link in the show notes for the Optimizing Your Brain Health community. And we look forward to seeing you there. And now back to the rest of the show. So to recap the limbic system so far, the limbic system remembers trauma with emotion from the past. So if you've had trauma that has occurred, it will attach with emotion to it and you get stuck in that. There's four parts of the limbic system. The amygdala, it responds to our environment with emotion. For instance, no money can lead to poverty, can lead to homelessness. I remember growing up seeing mommy at the dining room table doing the bills while after she had divorced dad and always saying, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough money. And I was so afraid of being homeless and poor. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough money. So that would kick me into going into the freak out highway, the sympathetic nervous system. Fast forward. I'm in my 50s. We're having financial problems. I get stuck in that. Do you see how this happens to anybody? Depending on what has happened in the past with emotion and how that train track gets planned, gets created in your brain and your limbic system. The next is your hippocampus, and that's where memory occurs. Then the hypothalamus controls your hormones, which is your hypopituitary, your pituitary, and your adrenal axis. It's the master controller of all the hormones, okay? And then the next part is your cingulus gyrus. I know this is deep and medical and stuff, but you got to know this stuff before we can move on. And then the next one is your cingulus gyrus, also known as your cortex. And that's associated with pain, for instance. As a young child, you don't have extra shoes for school and you have to wear shoes with holes in them. So you're experiencing pain with holes in your shoe because there's snow and you're having to walk on the snow with holy shoes. You're embarrassed. So there's emotion and pain together. So emotion, embarrassment, plus pain, snow, walking on cold snow with holy shoes meet. So that's where that happens, where emotion and pain meet. It's also the place where we respond to noxious smells. How many times do you walk past somebody and you can smell this perfume that just makes you sick? 
<laughs> like, oh my gosh, or you're sitting and you're eating a meal and you're like, I have to be moved to the other side of the restaurant because I can't keep smelling this, per- this or, smell. Or men that wear way, way too much aftershave cologne. Yeah, uh, don't, name, tell, don't name I'm the not aftershave. I'm not any brands, but are you just, it's like, did you just pour that over the top of your head or something? I mean, that is, oof. I mean, and especially if you're inside, I mean, it can. Or cheap perfumes or any perfume. Perfumes are gross. Yeah. So anyway, that's where something happened in the past that that smell affected your cingulus gyrus or also known as your cortex in your limbic system. Does that, is that amazing? Those smells, or it could be a good smell. You know, like, oh, that smell reminds me of mommy. Like mommy used to have this beautiful perfume that really made me happy and safe. So here's the deal. The midbrain, if stimulated by threat a lot, then the brain gets stuck and it stimulates the hypothalamus that stimulates the adrenals to secrete can the three hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine. And we want to learn and we can learn how to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system and turn on our dose, which is dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin. So my script for everybody is take your daily dose. So now we're going to learn. <laughs> Let's learn how to take our daily Are dose. You taking notes here. I'm yeah. studying. I'm studying. You're I studying take, my notes, aren't you? I want to take my daily dose. <laughs> so how do you increase your dose? Well, number one is, I've mentioned this before, is work with Annie Hopper. I, I'm not sponsored by her. I just know that her program works and I use it. I recommend all my clients that are stuck in their past and aren't improving to do the course. It's an online course called retrainthebrain.com. And she also has a book called Wired for Healing. And she helps you retrain your limbic system. And she had a big episode, which is why she created the program. And she's working with so many functional medicine doctors around the world because she experienced mold toxicity and chemical sensitivity. And she was able to heal from that. She's able to help so many people. So I'm just going to talk about one, two, three, four, five different ways to increase your dose. Number one is laughter yoga. Did you know that your brain doesn't know the difference between whether you're laughing for real or you're fake laughing? So you can go ahead and fake laugh and your brain will still release those hormones. We're going to go ahead and do a little one, two, three here to help you do it. Oh, no. Are you really going to do this <laughs> yes. on a podcast? Why not? Why not? It's a good party trick, too. <laughs> <laughs> So if you learn how to just say the following, you go, ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. You did that three times. So let's do this three times. I'm okay. With you. All right. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ha, 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 but you just kind of giggle and laugh outwardly, inwardly, but your body's kind of like, ah, I I'm feel safe. good. Yeah, I that feel was, good. Do, do, do. Yeah, that was fun. I feel good. <laughs> and another way to laugh is just Google children laughing. 
There's a lot. You just can't help not laughing. And then I also like Googling laughing zebras. Zebras or zebras, whatever. Where you are in the world. You know what we're talking about. Those black and white striped horse looking things. (laughs) Oh, do they make you laugh? Laughing animals and uh, YouTube. And And kids. so hilarious. Yeah. Get a good laugh. The next one is hugs. Hugs increase your daily dose. Hugs heal. Hugs heal, yeah. So hugging a tree, believe it or not, mm-hmm. will yeah. increase your dose, okay? So you often will see me on Instagram story or Facebook hugging a tree, and it's just to remind you. Then the third one is breathing, and you want to be doing abdominal breathing. Now, abdominal breathing is different than diaphragmatic breathing. So abdominal breathing is you want your belly button to go out and in instead of diaphragm, um, instead of chest breathing, which is your shoulders go up and down. Most people do shoulder breathing. No, no, no. You don't want to do that. You want to breathe where your stomach, your belly button goes out and in. And the key is <clears throat> you want to breathe in, say, five breaths through your nose with your stomach going out. Hold it for a second, and then you want to breathe out an extra long breath. So if you count it in five, then you want to breathe out six or seven. The breathing out is the key because that really helps your body understand you're safe. You're in the parasympathetic nervous system. Alternatively, if you breathe out real short and sharp, like that's what you do when you're stressed. That's what you do when you're running. You don't want to do that. You want to breathe in slow, five counts, hold for one, and breathe out through your nose, six or seven counts. Because you know what? When you're stressed, you're not going to have time to breathe out extra long. But when you're breathing out that extra beat or two, it's telling your brain, your midbrain, your limbic system, I'm safe. The next one, gosh, that kind of made me calm. I was doing it while you were speaking, and I just about <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> You're so silly. But not quite, but yeah. kind of. Very But relaxed. it does. It does. It yeah, does yeah. happen. Very relaxing. The next one is serving. Helping others brings you a lot of joy, and it releases dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin. And a simple thing to serve, like when I make you coffee in the morning, that makes me happy. Because I know it makes you happy. And when you make beautiful meals for me, that makes you happy, right? (laughs) Makes me happy. And you know, smiling at people is a way to serve them. Letting them know that you love them, that you care for them, you know? This is a great point when you talk about serve, because we think of, oh, well, it's like, what, am I going on some mission trip overseas or... You know, am I down at the soup kitchen serving that? It doesn't need to be that grandiose. It need just be serving in your life, just serving people you love, being around them, doing something nice. Hey, doing the laundry, doing the dishes, doing the chores and doing it with love and just say, hey, I got this, you know, and, and serving in that way. And, and there's so many things we can do on just a daily basis, which is actually a serving or we're being serving. It's a servitude, an act of, of service that are very simple, but yet we can actually feel good about it by doing it because we know we've served somebody else. We've served our family. We've served our spouse. We've served our mate. 
whoever we could serve a neighbor by just, oh, look, their trash can fell over and spilled the trash. I'll pick it up, put it in there for them. And, you know, yeah, that's serving. Yeah. Uh, It just brings me to remember a situation last night. I was working in the urgent care and the nurses and I had time and they were all talking about how it's so wonderful when they're out in the front triaging all these people that are coming in and the nurses in the back aren't that busy. One of the nurses will come out without being asked to go out to the front to help. Mm. You know, that not only does it help the other nurse that's stressed out, but it also makes the nurse that's going out there on her own accord, she's serving and helping with the load. And that makes her feel better too. Yeah. Yeah. It increases her dose. It increases her dose. You're such a quick little Now, what does dose stand for? Let me look. Let me look. It's uh, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, And and endorphin. Yeah. Very good. Yes. You get an A plus. Ooh, thank you. And a sticker. Yep. And the last one is high-fiving yourself and others. You know, high-five yourself when you're doing good self-care. High-five yourself when you're eating well. High-five yourself when you're talking nice to yourself. High-five other people going, wow, well done. That increases your daily dose. And I love what you, I see what you've written in your notes is, Catch yourself doing something good. Catch others doing something good. Because there's so much in the world where, yeah, we're pretty quick to point out when somebody's done something wrong or when we've done something wrong. We're, as humans, we're pretty quick to point out the negative stuff. I know. But let's flip that around and make sure that we're pointing out the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like the other day when we were walking and we go on this walk along the the river and people pick up their dog poo (laughs) or we're on the beach and people pick up the dog poo and sometimes they don't pick up the dog poo. But I don't say anything to those people. But when they do like bend over and they have their poop in the dog bag, I go, good job, strong work. And my daughter is like, mom, be quiet. You're embarrassing them. And I'm like, no, I'm catching them doing something. Catching them doing something good. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And they smile. They smile like, oh, thanks. Usually. And then the people that (laughs) don't pick it up, I look at them. No, I don't. I just go, oh, come on. No, I don't say that. Yeah, but yeah, I think it, it to yourself. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, you know better than yeah, that. Yeah. I don't want to step on that with my bare feet on the beach. Okay. Okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a wrap for today's How Adverse Childhood Experiences Affect Your Brain Health Part 2. The bottom line take-home message is we all have a limbic system. So take good care of it. And it will take good care of you. And what we highly suggest is catching both parts. Last week's episode is part one, gives you a real basics of it, that kind of ACE 101. And this episode was ACE 201. Put them both together and you'll be an ACE with (laughs) ACE. (laughs) Oh, you are really clever today. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just serving. Yes, you are. I'm keeping them <laughs> laughing, keeping their daily dose up, huh? Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks everyone for being here. We love you. God bless you and have an amazing day, week, month, even year, wherever you are.
And thank you for sharing this podcast with friends, family, and others that you know would benefit from it. Have a super fantastic day. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.